Um, we're working off one mic right come, now. Come, Kev, come. Yeah. I've got one more question for you. Yeah. Am I reading Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, or am I just going through? I think just go through. Okay, yeah. just go through. Yeah. Good luck. Thank you. Here's, here's where we started. Is this the, now this is the intro to the podcast. Where one mic is broken for some reason, you have to listen to the rest yes. of what happens. Yes, you have to listen to the second part of this to figure out what went wrong and what went right to create this piece of writing from the window. I'm so tired. <laughs> it's three weeks ago and I get to see a slice of Parramatta's opera. I wonder if this story is mine or to share. I am an observer, mostly unseen, more theoretical than thespian. And this is our stage, a two-story sandstone cottage, the downstairs room open like an old book to a new page. In that downstairs office, there's a little nook that's shaped somewhere between a fish tank and a small car. It's mostly wood and cushion and glass, and it faces out onto George Street. George, after the king? The Greek place on the corner likes to joke it's named after their uncle, and I like that a little more. And here are our two players. I can see them now. The man is shorter than me, but more handsome, his eyes dark flints, making sparks at the woman. She hasn't seen him yet, but he's watching her, quietly. Is there any other way to look at love? Like it's night and cold, and you're hunched over, focused, trying to start a fire. I think he caught a glimpse of me then, turned his head towards the window just as I pretended to look away, our eyes ping-pong balls against the glass table between us. It wasn't for me to see, his love, her turned head, but sometimes Parramatta's light in this instance, let's call it theirs, performs just for me. On this day, from the window, they are cathode rays made out of skin and hair and blood. And so it began with a young love and ended with an old rose. We know that even young love is old, like the cottage, its heritage from birth older than mountain seeds and sandstone and the lock on our front door that rusts shut in the humidity and humility of a new year. This observation, we'll call it, it happened when their love was young, when the first beats of their love were like the fingertip of a lullaby. On the day, the man looked tired. I had to remember the window wasn't a screen. Behind the glass where I sit, there are no sounds exactly, no words. And I saw when they first met. Actually, that isn't right. The man had already met the woman. He'd fallen in love with her, and I'd seen that happen. She held a cigarette but didn't light it, miming the motions with one hand. I turned to the man and saw him smile, and I could tell in his mind the cigarette was lit. I could tell in his eyes, she was burning. 
The woman turned to go inside, flicking the unlit cigarette through the air she had just lit on fire. She didn't notice him, but he stood with his arm outstretched over the empty space she'd just been in, like a renaissance statue. And I felt like I was in a museum. But then she laughed from around the corner, and he broke repose and followed to a room I couldn't go in. It's the next day, 12th of January, and something is eating at me. So I stare out onto a suburb that looks like Auburn, but without the triumph, without the color. Parramatta is gray. Perhaps it is because the woman still hasn't met the man. But this is my story, and I can tell it however I want. From the window they meet. These are our characters. She's never late, and he's always early. I wonder how they hadn't met already. This is their love story, if you hadn't realized, and it will end on Valentine's Day. The window and I are a receptacle of moments, but I am also the author of everything the almost couple will ever have, so for now, I will give them these days at least. I will give them their first meeting. I don't know what they do for work. Maybe she works as a consonant, a punctuation, the click-clack sound of her heel on a day's memos and memorandums of what? Understanding? No, because it wasn't realization that settled above his eyes when he first saw her, when he felt the quiet nothing of where she'd been standing. Remember the burning? She is here. She is here. That time I felt the backs of his hands say thank you to the day. He rung them like old bells as he stared at her. She didn't look at him. The universe afraid to ruin the moment, perhaps. Or maybe she didn't hear the bells ringing. Neither did I. The glass, remember? Like a gallows on that first day, I think every moment for him without her was a kind of death, a breathtaking silence. Let's say the next time they came out onto the street, she finally saw him. And did she love him at first? Why not? Let's say yes. Let's not make him the only fool. Let's say she loved him from the moment I caught them looking at each other over a half-eaten chip. My chip, not theirs. I didn't have any popcorn on hand. They didn't kiss or hold hands on January 13. The 13th, and I was an eighth of the way through a third of my inbox in the second hour of the day and already down to a quarter of a packet of Smiths and I needed a drink. Water. Neat. I'm a Muslim man and what a dark everything that can be. I spend time looking out the window each day like creation is pressing a cheek up against the glass. God made this, I think. I'm not sure if I'm talking about the world or the window. Yes, I believe in God, <laughs> religiously. I wasn't raised to have faith. I was created like that. That's the point. And I had faith in the man and the woman to do what stories told me they would, surprise me with love. Surprise, I bought you a car. Surprise, here's some jewelry. Surprise, I loved you before you knew who I was. The third time I saw them, 
the man was watching her like an envelope watches a letter. He knew he had to send her off, but all that mattered was that he would get to hold her for a little while. From what I could see, they still hadn't touched. Maybe watching had become my religion, a hand sign to God. Would the man be angry at me saying this? That I caught his love like a feather? Would he want it back? Does he have the right? After all, I am the observer, and they are atoms, changing, moving, or maybe they are bats, gliding the tight lines of the night's tapestry. Do they see the connections, or is that just me? Do you see them, the lines connecting people? A am I a part of their love? The fourth time, the man had just had a shave. I could tell from the way his mother hovered over his shoulder, like the sounds and crowds of George Street draped in her shawl, her wings splayed out like sheet music. Remember, I still couldn't hear them. Yes, this is still a love story. No, I don't see ghosts, but they see me, I think. And he walked with his mum's spectre like the breeze on his bare neck. She told him he looked handsome, and maybe that sentence offered the woman his arm. Or maybe she had been waiting for it. She touched him, the woman, and he smiled dark flint again. My heart skipped. The mother turned and winked at me. She winked like a harvest moon. This is my son. His will, my own, his breath, my breath, his love, my... I wonder if he felt her shadow on his love. It rained the fifth time I saw them. I once heard that the bend in Parramatta's river was a birthing site for Aboriginal mothers the banks and streams where they would scream out their quiet fury and focus into new life. Let's say those waters were raining down on us today, that the man and woman stood under those new mothers and found new love. After all, water is for the living. So I watched Colt on their fifth meeting when the woman laughed to the high table and maybe the saints called the man to attention how straight he stood at her joy like Parramatta was a stadium or a cup and he was a droplet in either about to be swallowed by her gaping everything when you love I think from the window it's like your skin's grown legs and walks itself to shiver at her nape maybe you are him hearing the ode to her footsteps in my memory, he's still telling me he's not a painting. He yells at me, but I don't hear him. Does it count if the tree leaves trumpeted her passing? Was the parade he and the gardens threw for her out of pocket? Or did he get a discount for being a love-struck fool with a ghost pinned to his coat? The ground exhales. His mother is gone. And the empty space hangs behind him like the light trails from his mother's stole. Through the glass, I hear her laugh again. It's the sixth time, oh, the sixth time the woman looked at me and said, I love you. Wait, no, to the man. In the unseen, even joy sounds like goodbye. The story, the story and I are unraveling. So let me start with the end. He loved her. She loved him. It was Valentine's Day. They found each other and all the world. And there it was at long last, that final sound. 
the crinkle of the plastic around the rose bouncing off her teeth, then the laugh, like all the world came to rest on the corner of George Street and my hand on the glass. And I watched, reaching out to wave at them, hoping they would turn just in time to catch my ghost. We did it. Jesus Christ. My God. That was a trek. And now we journey back into time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if you've started recording yet or not, because sometimes you do that without telling me. I have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your your contraption that you've put is, I guess the best way to describe it is a um, a, a poor man's attempt at an airplane made out of a um, orange juice bottle and an open packet of double A batteries. Look, desperate times call for desperate measures for now. I think that's a good segue. We should start. Anyone listening to this, you are from the future, which is inherently the way that podcasts work. But you are so from the future that you have heard the final version of the piece of writing that Kevin and I are working on today. Yes. And I was saying this to you earlier, Kevin. I am so jealous of these listeners because they know where we're going to end up, but we don't because we haven't even started editing this piece of writing yet. Is that a bit strange? Yeah, like we haven't suffered yet. Like they've heard the end result that we have not actually worked on yet. That's kind of weird. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for allowing me to badger you into doing uh, another one of these episodes of Badgered. How are you feeling this evening? Um, badgered. Uh, I'm badgered because... Um, <laughs> I feel like I've done my job then. Yeah, basically, uh, because I realized you reminded me yesterday that we are supposed to do an episode today. And I was like, do I really want to? And then you badgered me. And so here we are. Because also I was telling this to Tomas downstairs that, yep. um, that if I said no to today, that that everything else would like this would never happen again yep. if I said no. Yeah. Right. Which is partially why I pushed for this so much today, um, or yesterday when you asked about it. Kevin has never looked at me with so much hope in his eyes when he's just like, "There's not an episode tomorrow, right?" Um, and I pushed for it because I knew that if we missed that one time, we would never be here again. Kevin, I had four things I wanted to do today, yes. as I always do, and the fourth thing for our listeners has already happened. You have all heard our first pilot of one of the ideas we came up for our podcasts kevin what's it called from my no from the window yes from the window richard almost got so upset with us um it is from the window and you have just listened to episode one and right now kevin and i are going to work on episode one of that because you've already listened to it we're going to go through the draft my draft version of this, and we are gonna workshop it together and walk you all through the process of what that looks like in taking a draft piece of writing into a finished piece of writing and also performing it out loud. So we're hugely ambitious, we're throwing ourselves into it, and I'm actually really excited, Kev, despite how busy we are this week, I do look forward to this, and as always, it's because I get to hang out with you for you know a couple of hours. You're on thin ice, mister. The thinnest of ice. We have a draft script for a monologue. 
And if you want to see how we came up with this original, this initial idea for this podcast, you can watch episode zero on kind of wherever you listen to podcasts. And it will walk you through the process that we went through to decide what this podcast was going to be about. There were a number of ideas we went through. And in the spirit of just doing too many things at once, Kevin said, Kevin, what did you say when we were doing our episode zero? When we were trying to decide the one idea we were going to go with, what did you say we were going to do? When we said, here are eight possible things we could do for a podcast. What was your idea? Pilot season! (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. So Kevin um, wants us to do all the ideas, but we're going to pilot each one and see how they work out. So this is our first pilot. This is for the idea from the window. And you've just listened to our first episode of that. So we're going to work on that together now. And Kevin, I've written a second draft and I want to go through it together with you. Yeah. Have you read this yet? It's been a busy week for now. (laughs) Well, if it makes you feel better, Kevin, I've written it and I haven't read it. Uh, This is my second draft of this piece. We will try to include it in the show notes somewhere. We're still figuring this out as we go along. But what I'm basically going to do is it has been written into six acts. And they're not all the same length. Some of them are around a page long or slightly more. And some are about half a page or a quarter of a page long. So it's not a very long piece. But we're going to go through these acts one by one. And I'm going to read them out. And Kevin is going to give me his workshopping notes. His notes on changes or additions or things we might remove or do to improve the piece of writing before we do a final kind of reading for you all. Um, Kev, what kind of headspace do you try to get into what kind of things are you trying to consider when you first look at a draft piece of writing that you're trying to take into a finished product something that you've been working on maybe it's your first second or even third draft yeah what are you trying to do when you're looking at it to take it into something that's ready to be performed or shared with an audience Mm. i think at this point i mean considering the way that we're that we are working that we are collaborating it's probably a little bit different to how i would approach it if i was just doing this by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I think um, my approach for today is going through each act with you one by one and seeing as this is you know your second draft, I think I'm just gonna try to keep an ear out for, for something that doesn't fit, you know? So yep. just like kind of smoothing out any of those, not necessarily rough edges, but if there's like, you know, uh, a splinter, you know, sticking out, if you were to say, oh, maybe this is not the best spot for this word, for this phrase, for this, whatever it may be. So I think trying to make sure with that when, I, when you're reading it out and I'm listening to it, that it all sounds as smooth as possible in yep. a way. Yeah. And for me, this is the first time that I'm going to be reading this out loud to anyone. Um, I've read sections of it out loud to myself, but never the whole thing through. So this is going to be my first experience with it too. And I'm going to be looking for the same thing. I'm going to be looking for any bits that I think stick out to me that maybe it doesn't fit with the natural flow of the piece. And if there's any bits that we can shave down or mostly I'm kind of looking at bits I can remove. Yeah. um, Which is what I did between the first and second draft is I just thought of things that didn't need to be there and kind of chipping away at the block until the final artwork was there. Uh, So what we're doing is a structural edit which is different than a copy edit. 
A structural edit is when you are looking at the overall kind of structure of the piece and a kind of line by line reading where you're thinking about changing elements of um, it could be setting or your character or like the pacing of the work. We're trying not to change huge amounts of it because we don't want to be here for seven hours because Kevin needs to sleep eventually. Um, so we're not trying to go, well, what if we change the perspective entirely? Or what if we just started a whole new narrative? So we're sticking with the skeleton of this, but we are happy to change some things around, especially details. And I am, or at least I try to be a really descriptive writer, but I'm happy to pair back mm. some of those descriptions or shift them into something else that we think fits the overall tone a little bit more. Any other notes on structural edits before we move on, Kev? Um, no, I think you've covered everything. All right, I'm gonna bring up the draft, which I'm, to be completely honest, slightly scared to look at. <laughs> Cause I'm being real, like I wrote it, um, I did that first draft. And do you remember what I said to you when I wrote the first draft? No. So I, I passed it on to you, it was in the drive and I yeah. kind of said, all right, don't read it. <laughs> don't read the first draft because it was just gibberish. Yeah. It was literally just the random ramblings of my brain. Yeah. And it's changed heaps from that into this second draft. So mm. I'm glad that we're looking at this and not my original thoughts. If at some point in the future we ever want to share that first draft, it exists in some form. Um, perhaps our listeners can write in if they would like to see it. I'm going to try to include an email in the description if anyone wants to get in touch. Yeah. You like how professional I am, Kevin? Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you, it's as if you've been doing this for years. <laughs> All right. We've got Act 1, Kevin. Um, maybe before you start reading Act 1, maybe for just as a quick recap for those who don't want to listen to Episode 0 because they're, they're not cool. Um, <laughs> what is the premise of From the Window? From the Window is an audio storytelling series. And I say series in the loosest term because there's only, as of now, zero episodes of it. But one if you're listening to this. Um, where I read out a monologue written from the perspective of not myself, but a fictional character. And I'm reading out that monologue and it's all based on the observations that that character has looking out of a window onto George Street in Parramatta. Because where we work at the Story Factory downstairs, there's this big kind of, I don't know what the word is for the window, but it's almost like a fish tank. Mm. And you sit into it and you can look out onto the street and you sort of just watch everyone that goes past because it's one of those, it's not a one-way mirror, but it's obscured enough that people don't often look in. So you feel like you're observing, but people aren't observing you. Yeah, that is a very good way to put it. Yeah, so I, I kind of sit at that spot answering emails, planning lessons, editing student writing, and I just watch people <laughs> as they go past. As creepy as that sounds, but I'm a big people watcher. And because I am who I am, I sort of just invent stories mm. based on those people so this monologue series is me telling the stories i think are going on for these people in their lives how's that very good beautiful all right act one from behind the window behind the curtain i'm looking at all the actors on this unscripted day there's the star delivery man who's still looking for number 92 we're 90 and our neighbor is 94. The cafe worker across the street still looks like my brother if I squint and age him about 10 years. And there are no birds. I'm not sure if the play has started yet. It's important to tell you where I'm sitting. You'll see why. 
in our downstairs office, there's a little nook that's shaped somewhere between a fish tank and a small car. It's mostly wood and cushion and glass, and it faces out onto George Street. George, after the king? The Greek place on the corner likes to joke it's named after their uncle, and I like that a little more. I don't think of Parramatta as a museum. It's old, sure, as old as anything in Australia can be. I once heard that the bend in Parramatta's river, in walking distance from whatever I can see outside the window, was a birthing site for Aboriginal mothers before... I don't think of it as a museum. Museums are sad places. The visitors snatching bits of people's lives into their coat pockets to hold on train rides home and remember years that weren't theirs. So no, Parramatta is not a museum. I'm not a visitor. Besides, I'm talking about what's on the other side of the display. Because on that side, I remembered how to feel. It's three weeks ago, and I get to see a slice of Parramatta's opera. I wonder if this story's mine or to share. I am an observer, mostly unseen, more theoretical than thespian. And here are our two players. I can see them now. The man is shorter than me, but more handsome. His eyes dark flints, making sparks at the woman. She hasn't seen him yet, but he's watching her quietly. Is there any other way to look at love? Like it's night and cold, and you're hunched over, focused, trying to start a fire. I think he might have caught a glimpse of me then, turned his head towards the window just as I pretended to look away, our eyes ping-pong balls against the glass table between us. It wasn't for me to see, his love, her turned head, but sometimes, Parramatta's light, in this instance, let's call it theirs, performs just for me. On this day, from the window, they are cathode rays, made out of skin and hair and blood. And so it began with a young love and ended with an old rose. Bravo. Okay, wow. I don't know where to start. Um, <laughs> I think a good thing to do from yeah. here is I've got the Google Doc open in front of me. And if you just want to tell me bits that you might have tripped up on, yeah. bits that you felt like snagged a bit, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. kind of um, maybe halted the pacing in ways that you didn't want it to, um, and that were like side ventures too far away from the initial point, I can go through it and make um, edits. Yeah. And you can see it as we're going and see if we can kind of clean this up a bit. I wonder... Also, wait. Yes. Before you do that, yes. just for my own sanity. Yeah. Can you tell me some stuff that you like about it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, just the whole, like, last third of that mm-hmm. was, I think, amazing. That's when, like, I, like you, you had me. Okay. Because um, do you, do, and this may be, this is kind of harsh, but it's also a compliment at the same time. Do you know where I think this can start? I think it could literally start at, it's three weeks ago, and I get to see a slice of Parramatta's opera. I 100% agree because I was reading it 
And in that first like section, I got bored. Yeah. I was, I was so reading. worried that you were going to be take offense. No, that. I love that suggestion. And it's funny because we say that in creative writing all the time yeah. where you write that first part. And it's funny because I give this advice, but I don't always follow it. Yeah. yeah. You, you write that first part and you're like, you're trying to find what you're trying to say. Mm. And then once you find it, you can get rid of everything beforehand. Yeah. Because I, I understand why you wrote those first two paragraphs. And I think they... They make sense, but I don't know if we need that long of an introduction. I do believe there are elements that we can pull from the first two paragraphs. Yep. Like, I mean, um, I, I absolutely love the line that says, in our downstairs office, there's a little nook that's shaped somewhere between a fish tank and a small cart. Like, I think that's a beautiful line that we can somehow cool. still um, incorporate. I'm just gonna bold that yeah, to yeah. something for Kate. Um, yep. What else, what else? There is one part I really like. Yeah. Um, I kind of, Maybe it's just my sense of humor, but I really like the thing about King George. Yeah. And the great yeah. place on the corner, um, them saying, oh, it's yeah. named after my uncle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is something borrowed from real life. And I think it's a nice kind of addition. So can we maybe bold that unless you feel like no, it's no, working No, I real? think that, that's a good line as well. Cool. For me, I think my problem is, no, it's not a problem. I think most of my my uh, critiques probably has to do with the this first paragraph where I feel like it's really on the nose. Yep. In a way. Um, and I'm, I'm not too sure how I feel about that. In looking at that paragraph again, yeah. I'm honestly happy to cut the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Because like I said, I think it's just us finding, or me finding my feet with it. Yeah. Um, and setting the scene before I can start telling the story. So I'm just going to cut that. Mm. And I'm also going to cut the line of, it's important to tell you where I'm sitting. I yeah. feel like we don't need that either. Because that was me trying to start something that I might have tried to tie in later, but kind of not important because you sort of need to trust your audience sometimes they're going to be able to follow along you don't need to tell them something's important you need to show them yeah um and you have a bit of do we want to do you think it's i'm honestly you know uh undecided on this how important do you think it is to name the location that we're in that work that we are in Parramatta as these stories are taking place because initially and again one, now that I've heard it, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of either way um, to it. Yeah, in my head, I was thinking that these stories are kind of timeless in a way that yep. you, you cannot pinpoint them yep. in any way. I thought about this heaps when I was writing it. I kind of don't want to just say I'm at the story factory. Because mm. like you said, that that's important to us. But what does that signify for a reader? And I think if we establish... Um, maybe you're on the right track in that we need a detail to hold on to for what the place is yeah. like something about because we are in a building that's heaps different than the ones around us like yeah. there's office buildings completely surrounding us multi-level um, office buildings and we're like a little sandstone cottage yeah. which is important so maybe we even just say so maybe the focus is more on the building itself where we, where we are looking out from yeah um, so you know maybe we can it's kind of like in a way a a, a tour of the of of story factory maybe even starting at the top and as we come down and it kind of leads into the office and then i can kind of imagine that tour ends with in our downstairs office there's a little nook and then that's when we head into it's three weeks ago uh blah blah blah, blah, blah. right cool i like that so then could we if we're starting in that part where it says it's three weeks ago yeah can we, before we say, and here are our two players, 
Mm. Maybe we can play into that idea of it being kind of like, you know, a theater script or yeah, a play. Yeah, yeah. And we go from, um, I am an observer, mostly unseen, more theoretical than thespian. And this is our stage. Yeah. And if I go, and this is our stage, and then I can do that description we were talking about. Yeah. And this is our stage. Uh, do you think the best way to do that is to think about like top down description? So what's the, what's the top level? Yeah, just because I was thinking, like, because normally I would say start off at, you know, the front, right? But just because we're, that's where we are already. Yeah. I'm wondering how, how do we uh, um, set it in a way so that the final, the final stop on this tour as such is in that little nook. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to start from the top. It could be anywhere as long as that little nook place is the final. I kind of like the idea of, and we do this in writing often, zooming, where you kind of start big and go smaller and smaller. And I don't mean like like a satellite in this instance. I mean, what if I go, um, and this is our stage, a two-story sandstone cottage, mm. and then go, that's the entire building, and then choose a room, yeah, and then maybe say the downstairs office... Uh, renovated into blank yeah and then it's like the one corner and then that's the nook yeah so you go like big smaller smallest I like that so if we go a two-story sandstone cottage how would you describe the workshop space downstairs where we sit it is a a very weird space Um, what does it look like what does it look like from the outside that's a good question because we're talking everything about our perspective looking out what about people looking in Mm, I like that comparison. For me, looking into the workshop space, the big difference I can see, say, compared to like any of the other shops that are around, is that it's just so open. Like you can yeah. literally see. You look in. If you decide, you know, put your hands up to the glass. Yeah. Again, like you can see everything there is. Like nothing is hidden. So what if we did? Because one of my favorite things about the Story Factory is the mix between old and new. So it's a building built in the 1800s, but it got renovated like three years ago. Yeah. So what if we said a two-story sandstone cottage, the downstairs room or whatever, open like an old book. So we got old book and then we do a contrast with something new. Yeah. yeah. Like open like an old book to a, some, a new page. Is that, too, is that too on the nose? I think we can, we can give that a try. So do we go, let's say downstairs room for now, open like an old book. Hmm. I just go open like an old book to a new page. Yeah. So how's that for an observer, like an audience? Because we have to consider our, our listeners. How's that for someone who knows nothing about the Story Factory? Is that enough of a description if I say a two-story sandstone cottage, the downstairs room open like an old book to a new page? Yeah. I think we need something in there for what it's used for. People are going to be like, well, what do you do in this mm. place? But the question is, do people, would people care, do you think? If, yeah. if. Mm. So do you think it's enough if we just say... I think a little introduction to the space is important, but, you know, it's purpose and stuff. I don't know if that's necessary. So what if we just went straight to um, the in our downstairs office? So if I got this part here that we said was good to keep yeah. instead of cut, and I put it right after to a new page, and then this part then becomes... And this is our stage, a two-story sandstone cottage, the downstairs room open like an old book to a new page. In that downstairs office, there's a little nook that's shaped somewhere between a fish tank and a small car. Mm. How's that? Yeah, that works. So I'm going to 
instead of in our downstairs, in that downstairs, because we've already said. Yeah. And that means we can get all this first part and just cut it because we don't need it. And that means our act one is two paragraphs long instead of, what was it, five? <laughs> yep. Anything else on act one? Um, Let's have a look. One thing that I did just while you're reading through it yeah. is often when I'm writing, and you, you might be able to see this in the show notes if anyone's interested, I'll have bits in brackets that I'm not sure I'm going to read out until I actually perform it and I see how it sounds. And you might have noticed I made some of those choices as on I was fly, reading yeah. out loud on the fly. So if we got um, like this part where I said, she hasn't seen him yet, but he's watching her quietly. Is there any other way to look at love? But the other option I have is there's no other way to look at love. Mm. So is it a question or a statement? Which one do you think works better? I like it as a question, I think, because as a observer, like I feel like at this point in the story, like you don't know, like, the whole premise is that you're, you're kind of imprinting your own beliefs or whatever that you're making up mm. onto this couple, right? So that I feel like at this point, it's still just a question. Like you don't know for sure, but as the story progresses, you kind of become more and more deep into this rabbit hole that you as the yeah. observer has, has found yourself in. Yeah, that's a really interesting way of looking at it. I hadn't considered that. Then the other two parts that were in brackets are like it's night and cold and you're... And originally it was just, and you're trying to start a fire, but I added the description of, and you're hunched over focused trying to start a fire. Does that break up the image too much? No, I, I, think, I think it creates a more, it's a more vivid detail. Okay. I'm going to change from, this is really momentous. I'm going to change from suggesting and I'm just going to go edit oh. and just like not even leave that as a suggestion. The brackets are gone. And the last one for me was, but sometimes Parramatta's light and I had in brackets, in this instance, let's call it theirs, performs just for me or only for me because only was in brackets as well. What do we think? I think just. It's funny, everything I've got in brackets, I'm not, like I'm mostly the way that I read it out loud was the right way. And I think that's why reading is such a powerful editing tool Mm. because pretty much the way that I read this is how we've left that first act is what I read out loud. Cool. All right, I'm going to move us on. Yes. I feel like that's enough for that first act. Okay, and uh, action. Beautiful. Um, we said this while the microphone wasn't recording, but we're draining two batteries per act because we're working remotely today because we don't have a cable. So this is the most ghetto our recording has been. Um, and it's only our second time doing this. It's supposed to get better every time, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> No, because we're different, you know, each of our shows have to get progressively worse. Each yeah, episode. yeah, cool. I can't wait for episode eight where it's literally just us fighting into a microphone. <laughs> All right. We are on act two. Yes. And I'm going to read this out straight through and then you take some notes and we can have a chat about it. Yeah. I'm going to clean my throat before we start. Okay. Because there's a lot of talking going on. <clears throat> Beautiful. Act two, we know that even young love is old. From its birth, it's older than mountain seeds and sandstone cottages and the lock on our front door that rusts shut in the humidity and humility of a new year. This observation, we'll call it, 
It happened when their love was young, when the man and the woman didn't know each other, when the first beats of their love were like the fingertip of a lullaby. At least, I think that's how it sounded, slowly calling them down to sleep, or at long last, to rest. On the day, the man looked tired, or maybe I was projecting. I had to remember the window wasn't a screen. Behind the glass where I sit, there are no sounds exactly, no words, just echoes or quiet voices from other rooms. Until now, I don't know a single thing they ever said, the man and the woman. This will be important later. What I mean is, from the window, I can't hear, but I can see. And I saw when they first met, actually, that isn't right. The man had already met the woman. He'd fallen in love with her and I'd seen it happen. He stood a few paces from where I sat on the sidewalk of George Street. The woman stood a few paces more away from me, outside an office building. She held a cigarette, but didn't light it, miming the motions with one hand. I turned to the man and saw him smile, and I could tell in his mind the cigarette was lit, and the trees and the street, the cars, the passers-by, the delivery man, the cafe worker, anyone in eyeshot of the woman, I could tell in his eyes she was burning. The woman had turned to go inside, and I saw, for example, the man brush his hand over the air the woman had just lit on fire on her way to her morning. The way you sometimes might pass your finger over a lighter to show people how it doesn't hurt you. She didn't notice him, but he stood with his hand outstretched over the empty space she'd just been in, like a renaissance statue, and I felt like I was in a museum again. But then she laughed from around the corner, and he broke repose and followed to a room I couldn't go in. Okay. I was about to make a comment that, that, that something needed to change, but that la- like literally within that last line, you flipped it around, so it's okay. <laughs> um, my, my main thing for this part that I'd like help with mm. is as I was reading that, I felt like there were like every second sentence I could get rid of. Like there's, yeah, yeah. This is a huge part for me where I'm like, I can take it or leave it. And I'm almost imagining that this act, right now it's one, two, three, four really chunky paragraphs. I mm. feel like it can be one. Yeah. I feel like out of all that, I want to choose the best bits that work off of the first act and lead into the next act well, but I just want to cut all the extra stuff. I'm super happy to pay back on this one. Yeah. Um, so I think the first bit we can cut looks, it looks like is in the second paragraph here. Let me scroll down all of that. Um, I like the line, I had to remember the window was a screen, but I don't know if we need the, or maybe I was projecting. I think yeah. the man looked tired. I think the, out of that paragraph, the second paragraph, yeah. the, on the day the man looked tired or maybe I was projecting was my favorite part. Yeah, really? I, I, I like that part, but are you saying that's the part you want to cut? I, I just the, or maybe I was projecting. Because I like, with, I like the combination of, on the day the man looked tired. I had to remember the window wasn't a screen. I like the how, how immediately it jumps. Oh, like, yeah. The man is like, oh, wait, this, this, this isn't a screen. 
I really like that. So you're saying that me kind of explaining I'm just projecting takes away from it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, it doesn't matter if you're projecting or not. It's like, this is the world that you are in as of now, I feel like. Okay, cool. Um, I like that. Then I reckon we just cut the rest of that paragraph. Wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's not get to... <laughs> I think because there's so much stuff in the rest of the, the act that I really want to keep that yeah, I'm trying to okay. like save some in the bank okay. that I'm like, we, no. We can somewhat... Well, let's cut softly now and then if we need to cut harsher in a bit, we can. I think this will be important later. I think your note on the side is, will it? I don't think it is. Yeah, I think okay. You I love that I just... Yeah. Will it? No, no, no. It won't be passed me down. So let's cut that. Yeah. Uh, I think we can get cut of just echoes or quiet voices from from other rooms again yep. i think um there's a there's a little bit of a focus of what's happening inside the building yeah as opposed to what's happening outside kevin as a side note i love how much you gesture when you podcast um i think i'm just really paranoid right i'm panicking this one the, our sound setup is going i just need to you always have your hands outstretched like you're about to catch the zoom recorder <laughs> yes it's, it's beautiful is that, what's it called uh, gesticulating you are gesticulating yes, exactly so let's, let's get rid of the quiet voices from other rooms. Yeah. Um, I think for now it's enough to go from there are no sounds exactly, yeah. no words. Until now, I don't know a single thing they ever said. Yes. Cool. Cool. Um, and as, again, as a side note, if anyone else is following along with this act and you're looking at the original, I would have this open in front of you so you can see some of the changes we're making. Maybe one day, if we ever do this again, if this pilot is successful, we can film the Google Doc. Like we can... We can um, screen record oh, yeah. and show how we make the changes because yeah. I know I would be interested in seeing that. Um, um, so another thing that two things that kept popping up from the first act and the second act was that I felt like the way it's kind of worded for now, or it actually it kind of makes up in the second act where I feel like it's almost, it's not, it's almost kind of creepy. Yeah, from the man's perspective, one hundred percent. I, but so because I feel like it's it's very much um, for now, and maybe it changes later on. So maybe I could be surprised. I don't know. Honestly, Kevin, I don't remember if it gets less or more <laughs> creepy than this. Because I feel like right now there's there's a lot of focus on how the man is is acting, um, and what his. Uh, What's his role is in the story so far? Like, there's a lot of description about him, right? Yeah. Um, so we don't really get a look at this woman's perspective. Yeah. So, and I feel like where that changes in at the end of Act Two, where you write, but then she laughed from around the corner, from around the corner, yeah. And he broke, and then so I feel like at least oh, I, okay, this woman, uh, these two are, it's on some level she's reciprocating. So even if it's one or two lines either in act one or two where we can show that or hey there's there's this type of play, playfulness that this is both that both parties are uh are engaging in this that they're, they're yeah, yeah so maybe a good starting point it does make sense to me yeah. we should start with thinking of the parts from the woman's perspective that we want to keep yeah so we, we keep those parts and then to balance it we'll go back to the man's perspective yeah yeah so we start with the woman um, I, I like you really like that part with, it's weird to say you like your own writing, but I feel like a strong part is the laughing from around the corner. Yeah. I think that's really solid. Um, and it's a nice way to kind of break the observation as well. Like maybe the observer has his version of events, yeah. but 
the reality of like that sound leaking through into the downstairs office is mm. well maybe he doesn't know everything yeah which is what i was going for i feel like there's still huge bits of this we need to cut but i don't know where to start uh, <laughs> that's it so here's my suggestion if we look back at the end of act one yeah i think we need a transition and we need an end so we need a start of act two and an end of act two and I think we figure out the middle bits. Yeah. So looking at all of Act 2, what is the strongest possible start? Saying that we can move things around if we've got um, ending on, and so it began with young love and ended with an old rose. Because yeah. I went for the, we know that even young love is old. Yeah. Do we want to keep that section talking about love? I'm leaning towards no so because I, I, maybe it's because I'm a bit biased but like I just because I really love description this description right yeah but I'm aware that I only love this description because I work here and I know what you're talking about when when you're writing about yeah. these details right so again if we want to focus on on because I also I know you're trying to compare this as well to to connect it to the love that they will experience yeah um, but whether that is needed or not what if we i'm always against trying to add stuff in yeah. this process but what if we did add something and we said we know that even young love is old like the cottage from its birth older than mountain seeds and sandstone and the lock on our front door yeah so we could go cut the cottage because we already said that um we know that even young love is old like the cottage from its birth, we cut the it. So it's older than mountain seeds and sandstone and the lock on our front door that rusts shut in the humidity and humility of a new year. I think anyone who's worked in a heritage building before yeah. will understand what we're talking about there. And that's kind of what I want someone to be like, yeah, I wish we could replace that door, but we can't because <laughs> we work in, a, in an office in Parramatta. Yeah. Um, so do we want to put the word heritage in there somewhere? Yeah. We know that even young love is old. Like the from its birth, it's heritage. From its birth, heritage older than mountain seeds? Mm. Or is that too vague and too abstract? What if we said, like the cottage, uh, it's heritage from birth older than mountain seeds? Yeah. Like the cottage, it's heritage from birth older than mountain seeds. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Says me who wrote it. <laughs> How do we feel about the fingertip of a lullaby? I like that, but I think we can get rid of the line before that, actually. Yep. Uh, this observation, call it, it happened when their love was young. When the first beats of their love were like, blah, blah, Beautiful. blah, blah, blah. So I was going for that. Um, oh, my English teacher in me has to say this. I was going for the anaphora. Have you uh, ever heard the word anaphora before? Yes, but I don't quite remember what it, what it is. Anaphora is repetition of a phrase. Ah. So rather than single words, because I had the when the, when the, but I was trying to do it, but I think it just breaks it too much. Yeah. So I'm going to cut that. I think we can get rid of the At least I think it's how it sounded Slowly calling them to sleep I don't think we need that Oh yeah yeah. Because we go from the fingertip of a lullaby um, On the day the man looked tired yeah. I had to remember the window wasn't a screen And then I almost feel like we could go to um, And I saw when they first met So this part here of the three lines uh, at the end of the paragraph. Yeah. Maybe, maybe get rid of that. Is there anything in there you think that's I, worth keeping? I would say get rid of the last two lines, but I think 
we still keep the first line here behind the glass where I sit. There are no sounds. Exactly. Yeah, I think the I sound think that, thing is important. Because then I think the following two lines just kind of expands on that first line a bit more, which we don't need. Yeah, and the sound one is important because it comes back at the end when we hear her laughing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. This is slow going on this act, but I think we're close. Uh, do we want to, instead of keep going line by line, do we want to try to think about what the end, what the final bit of this looks like? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, as in the end of this act, End of this act, yeah. Yeah, um, to be honest, I'm kind of, I'm really happy with the whole last, that whole last chunk there. Really? Yeah. So then, our kind of problem, or our our problem child yeah. of this paragraph is is here, this part where it's um, the whole part about the sidewalk on George Street. I'm kind of even when I read read it out. I think sometimes writers make this mistake. You know when you try to describe someone's like body positioning mm. and you do it in a way where like your reader is going, what are they playing, Twister? I don't understand what's happening. So I've got like, the man was standing this many paces and the woman yeah. was standing that many paces. It's all too much. Um, so I think that's a huge problem in that paragraph. But the thing about her, and again, I borrowed this from real life, the smoking a cigarette but not lighting it. And in his mind, he imagined it was lit. Yeah. I kind of like that image. So if okay. there's some way we can keep that, I would be really happy. Okay. I reckon then we can just jump from where, you know, he'd fallen in love with her and I'd seen it happen, right? Yeah. And then we jump, when you when you say, I seen it happen, and then we just jump straight to the image of her holding the, the Perfect. Cigarette. So we get rid of all that stuff yeah. around the, he was standing here, yeah, she yeah, was yeah. standing So there. it's like, boom, she held a cigarette, but didn't light it. Yeah, I think the, because uh, I haven't written a lot of monologues before, something I really struggled with with this, and if anyone else is doing this as well, is when you're writing a narrative, you're trying to set the scene, because it's like, tell me what exactly I'm supposed to imagine in my mind. Yeah. But a monologue is a different form. It's you kind of telling a story. Yeah. So I'm like, what's the balance between me explaining exactly what I saw versus me just talking about observations? Yeah. Okay. Uh, then the parts about the cafe worker and the delivery man and the passers-by yeah kind of that's me also trying to set the scene a little bit is that worthwhile or what do you yeah, think? i think yeah i think we could get rid of this because again i think at least within this introduction we really want to focus on these two characters right so right. kind of get rid of the i mean this sort of detail i guess could be good as we're going throughout the story in good amounts but again as we introduce these characters it's like um i could tell in his mind a cigarette was lit i could tell in his eyes she was burning i think it's just boom, yeah it's punchy boom, boom. On. yeah can you bring that sentence back for a second yeah. just because i want to say what it was before we cut it um just command z i think on the mac um so we're getting rid of and the trees and the street the cars the passers-by the delivery man the cafe worker anyone in eye shot so we're getting rid of all that like extraneous yeah, um, I think in a book or even as a as a bit of poetry would would work really well. I think when when it comes to audio though, yeah, it's like I guess you you're trying to consider how do I make this story as engaging as possible for as long as possible, so it's as easy as possible for the audience to kind of just okay. take it in. That's my thinking anyway. Uh, the the problem that arises now that we've done that is the sentence reads. I turned to the man and saw him smile and I could tell in his mind the cigarette was lit. I could tell in his eyes she was burning. Mm. Are we happy with that repetition? I'm personally... I think... The, uh, would this count as anaphora? That's anaphora. anaphora. Yeah, I could tell in yeah. his. I could tell, tell in his. Yeah. And I, for some reason, I don't know why, 
but I like that okay. better than what we had before. I buy that. I think I've been staring at that paragraph too long, so let's move on yeah. to the end. Because if we go from she was burning, I think it still works if we say the woman turned to go inside. Yeah, I like it. Because for me, in my head, what it, what it feels like is it's kind of like this bloke daydreaming. Yeah. She was burning, and then boom, she, the woman turned around to go inside. I think we can get rid of the for example. We can just say, she turned to go inside and I saw the man brush his hand over the air the woman had just lit on fire. And just that line there, I feel like contributes to the creepiness, kind of. <laughs> if I was like, just like some dude reaching out in the air, just like trying to, I don't know, pull at this essence of this woman that's just left. Yeah, I, I mean... For some reason, I don't know if we, we need to bleep it, but then it, for some reason it gives me an image of a man sniffing a chair. <laughs> I don't know why that image came to me. <laughs> so that's up to you if you want to bleep that. Oh man, I think that's our next trailer. <laughs> um, yeah, and to be 100% clear, the man never did this. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and I just was trying to think about that feeling of, you know, when you, if you're, I think for him, in my, my version of this, the story version of this, mm. She was gone, but she was still standing there because he could remember her standing yeah. there. So I wanted something physically that allowed for us to show that he was, he was doing that. So yeah. the hand thing, I agree, is creepy. I think maybe perhaps instead of an action on the man's part, could we add a line about something about something that the woman's left behind? Yeah, maybe she chucks the cigarette. With a cigarette, a scent of some sort, maybe somehow... Uh, the, the, the cigarette smoke somehow combines with the air she's left behind so somehow the air around her is heavier I don't know I, so this sounds like I wasn't listening to what you were saying but I was because <laughs> yeah I think the woman should leave something behind but like I said before I 100% want it to be the unlit cigarette yeah I'm, I'm oh, very I'm sure that's that. what because that's the thing that he was focused on so that's the thing that's left behind and, and that image is super unique in my mind of like Someone chucking the cigarette. I'm lit cigarette. So if we go, the woman turned to go inside. What's the verb we would use? Good writing is made on verbs. Yeah. So is she flicking the unlit cigarette? Hmm. I'm gonna start with flicking. Flicking the unlit cigarette. Flicking the unlit cigarette over the air she had just lit on fire. And full stop. Oh, I like some. I I I like the premise of over the air the woman had just lit on fire. I feel like it's a bit clunky though. Uh, that's why I cut the on her way to morning because that's way too much description. Yeah, okay. So you think cut it even more? I'm going to just, again, for our listeners, I'm trying to think about the medium. I'm going to read this sentence out loud mm. and then you tell me what's clunky about it because I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got the woman turned to go inside, flicking the unlit cigarette over the air she had just lit on fire on her way to her morning. She's flicking the unlit cigarette. Oh, I've it? got an idea. I've got an yeah, idea. Yeah. So we cut, obviously, the on her way to morning. Yeah. But when we say um, flicking the unlit cigarette, flicking the unlit cigarette, the air on fire? For some reason, I think it's, I do also like literally in my head right now, I think it's something to do with the word over the air, right? It's the word over that's throwing me off for some reason. You know when you flick, I'm sorry for interrupting you, go. You know when you flick something, you flick it over your shoulder? Yeah. So for me, it's flicking it over the air. Uh, I was playing on that. I was thinking, Flicking through the air. Flicking the unlit cigarette through the air she, she had just lit on fire. fire. So it's more active. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And That's also because for some reason in my head, when, I, when I'm looking at, when I hear the word over, for some reason, when I think of this woman flicking away her cigarette, 
it's like when you flick something, right? It kind of is like almost an immediate path to the ground, right? Just boom. Yeah. For some reason, when I hear over, I think like somehow she's doing like boom. Um, and we're back. <laughs> and we're down to one bar again. Wow. Jeez. I'm, I'm glad I bought a whole thing yeah. of batteries. We'll get there. Um, are we still recording? Yes, we're still recording. So we have... Uh, I can't wait to hear what just happened when I read, when I listen to this over again later. Um, I'm just going to hold this. Kevin up. was describing flicking <laughs> cigarettes. And I think our, <laughs> our new version of this line, um, the woman turned to go inside, flicking the unlit cigarette through the air she had just lit on fire yeah. is awesome for so many reasons. But the one I want to focus on is like, the way I'm imagining it is for the man, the woman is so beautiful that she lights fires without flames, mm. right? And the way she does it is that she's smoking an unlit cigarette and even though there's no embers on it, yeah. she can still light the air on fire when yeah. she flicks it away. So it's not necessarily, it's like the act of her flicking is what lights the air on yeah. fire. Yeah, I like um, And then what that means for me is this next sentence, the whole, the way you might pass your finger over a lighter yeah. to show people blah, blah, blah. I want to cut that yep. because that will go into she didn't notice him. And that thing of like flicking something away and not noticing him mm. is like maybe she's not paying as much attention to him yeah, as yeah. he is to her, which is less creepy than the whole hand thing. Yeah, It's kind of just she hasn't noticed him yet, which um, my memory is coming back to me. It does happen later. Uh, he, she does eventually notice him. Okay, cool. <laughs> this is not like a one-sided love story. Um, I think, I'm pretty sure. So this goes from uh, to the air she lit on fire. She didn't notice him, but he stood with his hand outstretched over the empty space she'd just been in, like a Renaissance statue. Um, this is, again, bringing that hand imagery in. I yeah. like the Renaissance statue part. I like the fact that he breaks repose later mm. when she laughs. But do we want to keep this hand outstretched or just maybe arm outstretched? It was less creepy than hand. Yeah, I feel for some reason a hand brings up really vivid images. Yeah, yeah. But he stood with his arm outstretched over the empty space she'd just been in, like a Renaissance statue. And I felt like I was in a museum again. We cut the museum thing from the first yeah. act. So do we just want to get rid of that? Like, again, uh, you can just go, I felt like I was in a museum. Oh, so yeah. Because that, so that, that would be the first time we bring the image, and I think that works well. And that connotation of a museum being for old dead things. Yeah. But Ooh. it mm. gets broken when she laughs from around the corner, and he broke repose and followed to a room I couldn't go in. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Let's move on to Act 3. Act 3. And I think it's important for the listeners as well that while we're going through this, and it seems like we're being really harsh cutting all of these lines, I should, I should make it very clear that all of the lines Bilal has wrote are amazing lines so can i just like you know let's let's be very clear but also you know i guess during this editing process we're just i guess looking for the most effective the most effective when you're when you're creating any artwork for me as a, as a writer i want to give myself options mm. i want to create if i if i want to write a 20 line poem I want to have a hundred lines to choose from. Yeah. Because if I choose the best 20 lines out of 25 lines I've written, I kind of don't have much choice. Yeah. But if I choose the best 20 lines out of a hundred lines I've written, I know that I've got the best of the best. Yeah. So I am always super comfortable to cut this stuff out. Okay. There was something else I was going to say to do with that. And I think for me, it's, I also know Kevin really well and we've worked together a fair amount. 
So he's always welcome to just be like, yeah, dude, you don't need this. I know you as a writer. I know that you can do that better if you change this. Um, 90 minutes, Kevin, is the time it took me to, to write this second draft. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we're going through it and we're getting rid of all my hard work. <laughs> all right, act three. I'm just going to read it through. Yeah. No intro. This is one of the media acts, but I think, again, there's a whole bunch of it we might be able to cut. Yeah. Uh, huge thing to focus on for this one is continuity. I start inserting dates. Yeah. And I'm so bad at keeping track of if I say this happened on the 12th of January, then like later I want something to happen on Valentine's Day, but there was only like two weeks between it. So that doesn't work. Um, so maybe we cut the date stuff, but let's go for it. It's the next day. 12th of January and something is eating at me. So I stare out onto a suburb that looks like Auburn, but without the triumph, without the color. Parramatta is gray. Perhaps it is because the woman still hasn't met the man. But this is my story and I can tell it however I want. The truth is a matter of perspective from the window. They meet. These are our characters. She is never late. And he's always early. I wonder how they hadn't met already. This is their love story, if you hadn't realized. And it will end on Valentine's Day. The story or their love will end? We'll see. The window and I are a receptacle of moments. But we are also authors of everything the almost couple will ever have. So for now, let's give them these days at least. Let's give them their first meeting. Take it from an observer. Love always arrives late. Precisely. I don't know what they do for work. Maybe she works as a consonant, a punctuation, the click-clack sound of her heel on a day's memos and memorandums of what? Understanding? No. Because it wasn't realization that settled above his eyes when he first saw her when he felt the quiet nothing of where she'd been standing. Remember the burning? She's here, she's here. That time I felt the backs of his hands say thank you to the day. He rung them like old bells as he stared at her. She didn't look at him, the universe afraid to ruin the moment perhaps? Or maybe she didn't hear the bells ringing. Neither did I, the glass, remember? Like a gallows on that first day, I think every moment for him without her was a kind of death, a breathtaking silence. Let's say the next time they came out onto the street, she finally saw him. And did she love him at first? Why not? Let's say yes. Let's not make him the only fool. Let's say she loved him from the moment I caught them looking at each other over a half-eaten chip. My chip, not theirs. I didn't have any popcorn on hand. They didn't kiss or hold hands on January 13. I like to imagine now that neither of them had work that day. That he woke up, got dressed, got in his car and drove down the M4 before he knew he'd awoken, arriving dusty and blurry-eyed because he was still dreaming of her. That's the kind of love we want, right? The kind where you wake up together before you know you've fallen asleep. So why not for them? The 13th and I was, 
an eighth of the way through a third of my inbox in the second hour of the day and already down to a quarter of a packet of Smiths. And I needed a drink. Water. Neat. Oh, this is the best act so far. This is going to be hard. Jesus. Um, can I make a note really quickly before I forget it? Yeah, yeah. I did something at the start that I read it out differently than the way it's written. And mm. I liked it more the way I read it out. And I hope you made a note of it. But if you didn't, I'm going to try to remember. I think I did something's eating at me. So I stare out onto a suburb that looks like Auburn, but without the triumph, without the color. I did a yeah, repetition yeah. there. So That's fine. how do you feel if I go without the color? Yeah, I'm happy with that. All right. So it's now repetition in that second line. One line we definitely have to keep. Yeah. I think you know what line, because I was trying my best not to laugh. Oh my God, the popcorn? <laughs> yeah, that was an amazing line. Like, <laughs> I just want to read it again just because it was amazing. Let's say she loved him from the moment I caught them looking at each other over a half-eaten chip. My chip, not theirs. I didn't have any popcorn on hand. I mean, that's just a, that was just an amazing line. Thank you, Kevin. Um, that was one of those things where like the playing around with language pays off yeah. and sometimes it ends up creepy like before yeah. and sometimes it ends up funny. Yeah. Um, my big thing from this act yeah. that I also want to get rid of is there's more hand imagery here, which I think is less on the nose than before. Yeah. It's that thing about the bells and he's wringing his hands. Mm. Um, there was maybe one or two moments in there where I felt like it was too, again, centered on the man. Okay. Um, but for me in writing this, I'm kind of thinking about like, you know, love from a man's perspective, which yeah. is my perspective. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why it lent so much towards him. But yeah. I do think there's more that we can do to balance this yeah. better. I think, if anything, though, in Act 3, I feel like it begins to um, balance out a lot more as well. Um, so, okay, let's have a look. Mm. I think in the first paragraph here from uh, perhaps it is because and we are recording as if now what happened nothing happened below. nothing happened uh, everything yeah. is the smoothest it's ever been on this here publication week at the story factory um, and I think in during that non-existent downtime that just happened I think I know what I want to get rid of Tell which me. is um, perhaps it is because the woman still haven't still hasn't met the man but this is my story and I can tell it however I want they meet. These are our characters. Oh, you want to get rid of the, the truth, truth is, is a matter, matter of perspective? perspective? Yeah. So I've left a note on this in the Google Doc, and it's a question. It's, yeah. it's a strange question. Is How do you do line breaks in a spoken monologue? Mm. And that is a topic for an entire episode of a podcast in talking about line breaks and poetry and monologues. The thing I was going through here, and yeah. this is mostly, I think we're going to cut it, but I just want to explain why I wrote it is the truth is a matter of perspective from the window mm. and the truth is a matter of perspective from the window they meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's dependent on the perspective. But maybe that's better as a written piece yeah. and not as a spoken piece. But so far, this is the thing that I'm saddest to cut. Oh, no. I'm going to miss it so much. But I, even as I was reading it, I felt like it didn't flow yeah. the way I wanted it to. So we're getting rid of they from the window. Or are we getting rid of... What part of that are we removing? Just all of I, it? Actually, no. I, if we get just... just uh, The truth is a matter of perspective. So we just go from... And I can tell it however I, I want, want from the window they meet. Yeah. All right. Good. All right. Uh, the other part I was super unsure about when I was mm. reading this is here where we go... Um, and it will end on Valentine's Day. The story or their love will end? We'll see. I yeah. wasn't sure about 
asking that like a question. I kind of wanted to be ambiguous and maybe this is going back to the first thing you said in act one mm. where maybe I'm spelling things out too much. Yeah. And what if this was just, this is their love story if you hadn't realized and it will end on Valentine's Day, full stop. And it's like, will the story end ah. or will the love end? Actually, that, that is a very good point you raised. I was going to say, like, you could probably keep the story or their love. We'll see. You, can, you could probably get rid of we'll, in the in brackets bit. Yeah, but I, guess, I, I still feel like what you just said yeah, would hit punchier. Yeah, I think that flows better. Yeah. And as a spoken piece, some people will go, oh, yeah, I kind of get what you mean. Yeah. And others will like just go, whatever, it's, it's flowing along. Do you want it to be even more harsh? Do you want to get rid of, if you haven't realized... This is their love story and it will end on Valentine's Day. Uh, I was thinking about that, but the reason I keep it is because the way I emphasized it is this is their love story. Mm. If you hadn't realized, like this is the whole reason we're talking about this. Okay. This is their love story. Yeah. Like, this is the story of how they met. Yeah. If you haven't realized that yet, this is all we're talking about is a man mm. and a woman meeting. Um, and it will end on Valentine's Day. Cool. Maybe. I actually don't know if it ends on Valentine's Day. The dates get really screwy as we keep going. <laughs> We'll fix it in post. Oh my gosh, no, we don't. We can't. Wait, this is post. This is post. <laughs> I think I just found an episode title. <laughs> this this is, post. is post. I gotta write that one down. Um, that could be a podcast show name. This this, this is, is post. post. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, all right. I like the window and I are re- receptacle of moments. That's a good line. I like that. Thank you. Uh, there's another part I'm not unsure about. There's a part I really want to keep, and there's a part I'm thinking of cutting. Mm. So the really want to keep part is. Remember the burning? She's here, she's here. Yeah. Uh, part of what makes me want to keep that, I think it's good writing. Yeah. Um, but I also, there's something that I do in a later act where I start playing around with reality. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we just, is this somehow uh, intertwined with the MCU? No, no. Iron Man does not show up in this yeah. monologue. Uh, there's a little bit of, and I, I think this term gets overused all the time, but um, a little bit of magical realism yep. later okay. on. Yeah. And I think the, like, she's, like, that playing with the form and instead of just saying the story, you're kind of, um, I don't know, you're, you're, you're uh, breaking up the pacing and you're, like, introducing not another voice, but another way of speaking. Yeah. I think it's important to keep that. Okay. But the part I'm not sure about is the whole... Like, I like to imagine neither of them had work that day. Like, they they drove in without knowing. Mm. And he kind of, like, woke, like they were asleep the whole time. But they, they drove to work even though they had a day off because somewhere subconsciously they wanted to be together. Ooh, okay. But I, I don't know if that came across well and if we can just cut it. Yeah. Um, first, though, wait, let me just go back to this bit over here. Oh, the take it from an observer. Love always arrives late, precisely. I think we could keep that, but just before that. Is it too much? Is it like, I'm trying to do too much there and it's going to be... If you're listening to this as a monologue the way through, maybe mm. you tune out at bits like that. Maybe. No. Oh, God. I don't know, 50. I think about this. If you cut the part you're thinking of cutting, yeah. the way the monologue would read is, the window and I are a receptacle of moments. I don't know what they do for work. So maybe... There is a connection there because it's like I'm just receiving these moments and there's stuff I don't know. Oh, I was thinking of maybe somehow just even changing the lines to see, see how, but we are the authors of everything the almost couple will ever have. It's, I feel like we need to make that. I was thinking like we would make it more personal and say, but I am the author of everything the almost couple will ever have. So for now, I will give them these days at least. Let's give them because the, there's still somehow like, yeah. this this 
it flows so uh, it, you, it could honestly go both ways all right what if i read it this way yeah like the way you're describing the window and i are a receptacle of moments but i am also the author the author of everything the almost couple will ever have so for now i will give them these days at least i will give them their first meeting take it from an observer love always arrives late precisely like that so for now i reckon if we kept let's give them their first meeting you would get rid of take it from the observer yeah if you were keeping take it from observer you would get rid of let's give them their first meeting i think the love always arrives late precisely if i was reading if i was listening to that yeah. in a monologue i'd be like dude i have no idea what you're saying all right um so i'm gonna cut it cool and then i agree with you i think we keep the rest and then i <laughs> i kind of want to make the reading less and I'm, I'm realizing that we're talking a lot about the writing and not so much of the performance of yeah, it, yeah. which is fine because no, there's a limited another, amount of time. Another episode. Um, but I want to do less I am Time Lord triumphant. Like I am the, I'm the 10th Doctor <laughs> and like I, I am, or, or like um, Brian Cranston, I am the one <laughs> who knocks. Like I want yeah, it to be less yeah, yeah. intimidating than that. Yeah. So maybe the reading is, but I am also the author the author of everything the almost couple will ever have. Like I'm acknowledging the fact that I'm telling their story rather than I am in control of their story. Yeah. So I'm going to change that too. Um, but I am also the author. I think we'll just keep that. I don't think you need to repeat that a second time though. So you don't like when I said, but I'm also the author, the author of everything. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. But I'm also the author That's of very... everything the almost couple will ever have. Yeah. So for now, I will give them these days. I will. Yeah. I will give them these days at least. Um, and then I will give them their first meeting. Yeah. Okay. I will. We're so close, Kevin. Are we? Yes. We're past halfway. In I will give them their first meeting. Actually, the first bar of the battery has just gone down again. Oh, it's so impressive. It's because we're just, you know, oh my God, I'm going to sound so lame. We don't need the batteries. We don't need electricity or power because we're already lit. Shut up, Bilal. <laughs> Uh, um, yes, we can both arm at the same time. I reckon maybe, I don't know, maybe it's me just like wanting to move on. I'm mm. kind of happy with most of this other than the end where I do the whole, he woke up, got dressed, got in his car, drove down the M4 before he knew it had woken, arriving dusty and blurred eyed, mm. leery eyed, like that kind of him driving down. I think it's not the best sort of ending to yeah. the act. I think it, it's, it's trailing off a bit. So I kind of think it stays strong all the way up to they didn't kiss or hold hands on January 13th. I don't know. Do we end it around there? Is there anything in that last paragraph you really want to keep? <laughs> yes, which is, and I needed a drink, water, neat. Yeah. That was a hilarious line. All right. So we need, a, we need a lead up to that. And there's a reason why I think you find that funny because you know me okay. and you know I don't drink. Yeah. Um, but okay, yeah, if, okay. If I'm, I'm being can we impartial. keep it for now? Can yeah. we keep it for now? Because there's there's a, something in the start of Act Four that you'll be able to see. That's kind of yeah. like there's a reason why I yeah. talk about the whole I only drink water thing. Mm. Um, so maybe we keep it and we go back and and get rid of it later. Uh, does that mean? I think that whole thing of I like to imagine. So they didn't kiss or hold hands on January thirteenth. Something about me. If I just get rid of all of that thing about them driving and it's just, they didn't kiss or hold hands on January 13th, the 13th, and I was an eighth of the way through a third of my inbox in the second hour of the day and already down to a quarter of a packet of Smith's and I needed a drink. Uh, for the 13th, this is like the first 
day they've met, right? This is the second day, and this so is what I was talking. The second day of the man meeting the woman, but this is this the, is the first time the first time the woman yes. the woman's noticed the man. Yeah, you're much better than this than I am. <laughs> Keep yeah, yeah, track. yeah. This is the first time they actually have. Yeah, met. That, yeah, 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 exactly. So then the man only saw her the day before, which I think actually happened. <laughs> but I, I don't know It's hard to tell That's Like right. I said Because I'm yeah, just watching that, I think that makes sense I reckon we Yep you could get rid of that. I think you can get the line Just on top of that I like to imagine now That neither of them Had work that day Oh yeah I meant, I meant to cut that oh, one cool. too Yeah That works I like that Alright Sure End of act three <sighs> Act four In act four I think I'm just gonna skim through it I think this is where It gets super trippy Okay And um I, I'm trying to come into this with an open mind in that if you totally don't like the approach that we're going for, yeah. I'm happy to change it. Because in episode zero, we talk about how this from the window thing was kind of your idea. Like mm. I started telling you things about stuff I saw, but it's your idea to try to turn this into something. Yeah. So if you don't like the direction I took this, totally fine by me. Um, but I also want you to try to keep an open mind with it because it's super experimental and I kind of, it came out of nowhere when I was writing it, but yeah. I sort of liked it. How's yeah. that sound? Um, somehow it's gone to one bar. So I don't know how, do we want, let's risk it, why not? That's fine. Um, do you want, do you want to change it? No. And um, you're looking a bit cold. I can turn the aircon off. Oh, oh, I'm fine. Okay. Too much. Let's, uh, let's, let's chat about it. Um, yep. So how do you feel about that kind of, it's a little bit experimental. It kind of plays with the form. Uh, um, just keep that in mind. Yes. Will do. And uh, act three ended on, I need a drink, water neat. Act four. I'm a Muslim man. And what a dark everything that can be. I spend time looking out the window each day like creation is pressing a cheek up against the glass. God made this, I think. I'm not sure if I'm talking about the world or the window. Yes, I believe in God, <laughs> religiously. I wasn't raised to have faith. I was created like that. That's the point. And I had faith in the man and the woman to do what stories told me they would. Surprise me with love. Surprise, I bought you a car. Surprise. Here's some jewelry. Surprise, I loved you before you knew who I was. The third time I saw them, the man was watching her like an envelope watches a letter. He knew he had to send her off, but all that mattered was that he would get to hold her for a little while. From what I could see, they still hadn't touched. Maybe watching had become my religion, a hand sign to God like the man's gentle fishing at the air for the scent of her that morning. He was waiting for something. I don't think he knew what yet. Maybe he was sick of staring. Wanted, maybe he was sick of my staring. Wanted to tell me he wasn't my painting or that she wasn't an easel to lean my day against. That they weren't David or Goliath or a bridge or brick or clay or mortar, I wonder if he'd be angry at me saying this, that I caught his love like a feather, would he want it back? I ignore his thunder, the time passing, because glass is made from sand and lightning. The fourth time I ever saw them, the man was alone, at least for the time being. Maybe he still is, and all this is a silver impression where he stood, 
a crystal with a thumbprint all my own. After all, I am the observer, and they are atoms changing, moving, or maybe they are bats gliding the tight lines of the night's tapestry. Do they see the connections, or is that just me? Do you see them? The lines connecting people. Am I a part of their love? A part, a part. Am I sightless, heartless? Can they give it back to me, the yearning? The fourth time the man had just had a shave. I could tell from the way his mother hovered over his shoulder. The sounds and crowds of George Street draped in her shawl. Her wings splayed out like sheet music. But remember, I still couldn't hear them. Yes, this is still a love story. No, I don't see ghosts, but they see me, I think. And he walked with his mum's spectre, like the breeze on his bare neck. She told him he looked handsome. And maybe that sentence offered the woman his arm. Or maybe she had been waiting for it. She touched him, the woman. And he smiled dark flint again. My heart skipped. The mother turned and winked at me. She winked like a harvest moon. This is my son. His will, his own, his breath, my breath, his love, my... I wonder if he felt her shadow on his love. Oof. It's friggin' weird, Kevin. It's, 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 um, it's spoopy. It's spoopy. It's spoopy. So, uh, let me get this right. You... The character, the observer. Let's call him the observer. Let's call him the observer. That's who he is to me. The observer somehow, maybe through the power of this window, um, is a is saw this this uh, man's uh, mother who's passed away. My short answer is maybe, because <laughs> it's not a science fiction story. And it's not a fantasy story. It's not a story about ghosts. No. But it's a story with a ghost in it, which I yeah. think is different. Yeah. Yes. Um, and whether or not that ghost is there isn't important either. And that's why it's maybe. Um, I think that's done really well. Like, I think within that, that paragraph you wrote, how, like the way you ended it, her wings splayed out. I think it's, that's when you go, oh. Yeah. And I think, and then that's, you don't, I, at least for me, and I feel like I get confused very easily. <laughs> I didn't get confused there, which I think is a good sign. But you have a benefit that some of our listeners won't have, is you are following along with the text of this. True. And if this is a podcast, and if I was listening to a podcast, I don't know if I would understand what the heck is going on if I'm not following along with the text. Mm. I mean... That being said... There is some times where I'm like, as a writer, I don't care. Yeah. Like there's something that I want to do that yeah. I don't mind whether or not everyone it gets like, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is making me happy and it's telling a story I want to tell. I think you bring it up as well. Like what you're writing here is really, you're kind of balancing on the very thin break between prose and poetry. Yep. And yep. then you're, you're playing around with that. And I could definitely understand why you think it might be... If this was pure poetry mm-hmm. and people just listen to this, I think I would agree with you that, yeah, people would be confused. Yep. I think with the way you've been able to 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 balance out between the, the prose and the poetry, I think even listening to this and the way you've paced out some of these lines, 
I think, again, maybe benefit of the doubt, um, um, I'll have the benefit of, of reading the text. I would lean towards, I still think it would make, it still makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I, think that, that. I think there's also things that we need to cut. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, because for one, it's too long. But because it was the most experimental, yeah. I felt the most like I don't want to touch it because mm-hmm. I don't know what to do to it. Because if I change anything, I'm like, oh man. So I, I can take that 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 burden. Thank you. Oh, yeah. uh, I guess to start with a simpler question. Yeah. The whole thing about being a Muslim man. Yeah. And um, what a dark everything that can be. Mm. I this line's really important to me, but maybe it's not for this piece of writing. Um, what I was trying to do here is when you're writing a piece like this, I think your observer, your, your speaker is a character as well. And even yeah. though it's, that person's telling a story, we want to get a sense of who this character is. And prior to the Muslim man thing, we know that they work in an office. We know that there's someone who watches people. We know that there's someone who makes up their own stories. We know there's someone who's kind of vaguely interested in architecture because mm. they're kind of talking about buildings and those sorts of things. And we know that there's someone who likes Auburn. Because that was in, I think, the other act yeah. where it's like Parramatta is grey, but Auburn is great. So we know that they're a local. But I think this is the one extra thing that was important to me and that kind of discussion of faith and belief. But I also know that when we talk about that, and especially when we talk about religion, it can be a really uncomfortable conversation for people, mm. which is not what I was trying to get at. I was kind of just trying to give the perspective of who the character is. Yeah. I think I think it works out a lot. I mean... Uh, coming as an atheist, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it, it seemed like it, you you were it somehow made the writing more awkward. I think the way you approach this, though, even though you know being Muslim to you could be is a very specific thing, the way you approach it, I felt like the message that 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 you're that you were talking about, I feel like could could apply to anyone because i think one of the most beautiful lines uh, i was reading like i spend time looking out the window each day like creation is pressing pressing a cheek against the class Mm. i think that's such a beautiful line and and that type of almost childlike wonder is universal yeah um and for me that's my experience with religion which mm. is why i wanted to write about it it's that like focusing on things that you think are a blessing or things that you are important to you you're like oh my gosh i got to see you know this kid play with a balloon i got yeah. to see this flower blooming and that's what this story is for this observer yeah it's like i got to witness this because i was meant to yeah and i think it it, it not to say that that you know people should use uh uh religion or any kind of other cultural stuff as a you know as a storytelling tool but i think you know considering you're muslim i think we're finding yeah that like to, but i was gonna say that i think that ties in really well to the experimental thing that you were trying to do yeah like if we're considering faith and religion spirituality yeah. if a ghost comes it's not the hugest deal yeah. uh and yeah to be clear i am muslim so that means i'm allowed to write about this stuff yeah <laughs> um it's not like as if you could get rid of God, this sounds terrible. You can get rid of God. You can get rid of you can get rid of you being Muslim, and the ghost part still makes sense. But yeah. I think it complements. Yeah. Um, that well, it, we can say we can get rid of the part where the character is Muslim. Yeah. But, but I don't. But I think it still works with it in there. Yeah. I like it in there. Um. So I've been cutting stuff as you were speaking. Have you? <laughs> yeah, just the stuff in brackets that I didn't oh, end yeah. up reading out. I have a really um nitpicky question for you. Yeah. There's the part about the um. 
After all, I am the observer and they are atoms changing, moving, or maybe they are bats gliding the tight lines of the night's tapestry. Um, this part here. Yeah. I, I, I like it. I like the sound of it. But I was just wondering, one, if you, you think we should keep it. And two, are we happy with gliding the tight lines as the verb instead of walking there? Because hmm. the reason I was going for this is... You see how we've got this part about the tight lines and then the other part about the crystal thumbprint? Yeah. That's too much at once. There's too yeah, many yeah, images. Yeah. So I think we need to keep a, one of those. We have to cut at least one. I, we could cut both, but I think if we're going to... Definitely, we. I think we should definitely get rid of the... Uh, maybe he still is. Uh, the uh, ends of, with a thumbprint of my own. Yeah, that silver impression part... I feel yeah. like it's like it's just me saying maybe I'm looking at this story and I think it's more important than it is but yeah. that's just like you know I reckon we cut it the fourth time I ever saw him uh, the first time I ever saw them the man was alone at least for the time being mm, no I don't like that either I'm gonna get rid of it but is it important that we're saying no because we say the fourth time later as well don't yeah. we the fourth time the man had just had, had a shave. shave yeah I reckon we get rid of that um I have another question about continuity, and this is the really tough thing about doing long pieces of writing, mm. is at the end of this act, I say, and he smiled dark flint again, because- That's I, a callback, right? That's a callback to another line, but mm. did we cut that line? I don't think we did. Hold on, command F, flint. Uh, no, his eyes dark flint, so we kept that. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm just being paranoid. Kevin, I know you're still looking at this act, but I'm so worried about act five and no, six. No, wait, 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 wait. I feel like there's so much work to do about There's so much work to do. <laughs> um, oh, there's a part I want to... I don't know. It's, it's, all the words are just blurring in my eyes. Um, that they weren't David or Goliath or, or a bridge or brick or clay or mortar. I wonder if he'd be angry at me saying this. I, I do like this last thing that I caught his love like a feather. Would he want it back? I like that. But I'm wondering, there's this, yeah, that bit there. Is there something we can... Because I feel like this, the previous line is so beautiful already, right? Maybe just watching had become my religion. A hand yeah. sign to God, like a man's gentle fishing at the air. Yeah, so that's the part I was highlighting to get rid of. I think we just go... I think we maybe even get rid of his gentle fishing at the air. What if we just said, maybe watching had become my religion, a hand sign to God. I wonder if he'd be angry at me saying this, but that sounds like I'm talking to God, not the man. Uh. <laughs> uh. Continuity, man. Um, because I wanted it to be um, a hand sign to God. I wonder if he'd be angry at me saying this, would that it, I caught his love. I wonder if the man would be angry at me saying yeah. this. So it, it would go, maybe watching had become my religion, a hand sign to God. Would the man be angry at me saying this, that I caught his love like a feather? Would he want it back? Would. Would. I like that you turned it into a question. So it's three questions in a row. Would the man be angry at me saying this? That I caught his love like a feather. Would he want it back? Yeah. And then we get rid of all the other part. Yeah. I think that's good writing, but maybe for something else, maybe it's not meant for this piece. Yeah. That's a good change. I ignore Ooh. his thunder, the time passing, because glass is made from sand and lightning. Okay, that one I felt like was a bit... It was like you flourishing because you knew you could. Yeah. Yeah? Because <laughs> if we get rid of it, we've got would he want it back? Um, does he have a right? After all, I am the observer and they are atoms changing moving. Mm, mm. Does he have the right or a right? The right, I would imagine. He 
have the right. Thank you for making that decision for me because I needed like to lessen the cognitive load. Uh, we're getting rid of the, my flourishes. Without, <laughs> pass without, sorry, we don't need it. Um, the lines connecting people. What about this thing of, am I a part of their love? A part, a part. I was, I, I, reading it, I loved it. But, but listening again, to it, it doesn't what, make sense. Yeah. Um, what if we say, do you see them? The lines connecting people. And then we just say the fourth time the man had just had a shave. I think you could still ask the question though, am I a part of their love? But just get rid of the two, a part, a part. Okay. Am I a part of their love? Am I sightless, heartless? Can they give it back to me? I don't know what that means. I think we could get rid of that line though. You want to cut the sightless, heartless? Yeah. So it's just, am I a part, a part of, of their, their love, love the fourth Four. time? Am I a part of their love? The fourth time I saw them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, I, I think what I was going for there is the end of the first act is me saying these people taught me how to feel again, mm. which is not me, but it's the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was playing with the idea of maybe this person was kind of in a what's the word inui like they had yeah. they had a real sense of like days were just blending together and this is a change of pace for them. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I'm hitting those notes exactly how I want, so maybe we kind of cut that theme a bit. Yeah. Uh, almost at the end of this act, uh, the sounds and crowds of George Street draped in her shawl, uh, yeah. her wings splayed out. Because I had the sounds and crowds of George Street were draped, yeah. but that's one of the times where I didn't read the word were, and it was better for it. Yeah. I think we can keep, we can keep that whole part. I'm surprised that our recording equipment's held up for this act. It's, it's been on one bar. The entire the last, time. Yeah. I thought I would read it and it would be done. Um, How do we feel about she winked like a harvest moon? Hmm. We, you, that you wrote this, you could get rid of that, I think. I think I mentioned winking later. But that is in relation to a moon or some sort? Uh, I don't remember. Hold on. Command F. <laughs> Wink. Wink. No, I don't. I think there's something about the mum. There's something about that wink that's important, but I can't remember what. Can we yeah. leave it for yeah, now? Yeah, sure. I, I think I struggled more with the second last line. This is my son. Because this is, this is the first time, other than when the man says, she is here, she is here. Mm. This is the first time I have another voice. Yeah. Which is the, the ghost, the mother, yeah. saying, this is my son, his will, his own, his breath, my breath, his love, my... And I, I kind of was trying to get a point across where it's, she, whoever she is, has opinions on his life. Yeah. And she's so focused about having those opinions that um, I, I kind of, I then reflected on in that last line, I wonder if as she was having all those thoughts, did he feel the shadow of that on the love that he felt? Mm. Um, and I, I'm really happy with that, but I'm just not sure about her saying, this is my son, his will, his own, his breath, my breath. Maybe I say, my will, his own, his will, my own. His will, my own. His breath, my breath. His love, my. Yeah. So I changed the, the, the pronoun. Yeah, there. yeah. Cool. Uh, and I wonder if he felt her shadow on his love, not in his love. Because I had the word in there, but I read on. Yeah, I think on. Yeah. All right. Can we call it for act four? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? yeah. Okay, let's call it for act four. Um, let's do a quick battery change. Um, <laughs> or we can keep, keep going I'm happy yeah, Maybe this is the magic battery Honestly, if you think about it Do people need to listen to you Read Read 
I know they do need to read because so they know, they know what, what's changed from the... Anyway, forget what I said. I don't understand a don't single worry. thing you said, but I love no the way one. you said it, Kevin. <laughs> uh, and isn't that what podcasts are all about? Look, it's 8.38. All right, I can be a bit... Uh, I can ramble. What time do you have to wake up to, America? Oh, that's, I don't want to think about that right now. All right. <laughs> You're like, you get to sleep. Um, all right. <laughs> Act 5 and Act 6. Yes. I have a confession to make about these two. Mm-hmm. You know how I said... I did a draft one of this piece and then I did a draft two. Yes. <laughs> Is Act 5 and Act 6, Act six just draft one? <laughs> yes. So my, my, act, my draft one only had four acts in it. Yeah. And I actually had three acts and the fourth one with the ghost kind of happened in my second drafting. That whole thing about the, the mother was new. But then as I was doing that second draft, I was like, I need to try to find an ending. Yeah. So I just wrote random stuff for Act Five and then Act Six. I was trying to look for a natural conclusion to the piece, and I never reread them because I had. The, you know how I said I wrote all of this in ninety minutes? Yeah. This was like minute seventy-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had fifteen minutes left, and I was like, I just I wanted to have this solid block of writing. I'm gonna just try to smash this out and stop. Yeah. So I've I've never redrafted any of this. Okay. So this is the purest form of my brain's mat rambling. The best form. Uh, I also thank you for your support but I feel I feel super nervous reading this stuff out because it's like really unpolished in that sense but the reason we're doing this is so that you can get you as listeners can get a sense of all the different ways you can work on your creative process and you don't always have infinite time to write so it's important to really interrogate the work that you're looking at hopefully there's some stuff in here Kev that you can um, help me pick out and use to pull the narrative along and then we're so close to reading this out. I feel like uh, this, us at the start of this recording are going to be very jealous of us now because we're close to being done. It's good. Act five? Act five. Act five. It rained the fifth time I saw them. Remember the birthing river? The banks and streams where mothers would scream out their quiet fury and focus into a new life. Let's say those waters were raining down on us today that the man and woman stood under those dead mothers and found new love. After all, water is for the living. So I watched cold on their fifth meeting when the woman laughed to the high table and maybe the saints called the man to attention, how straight he stood at her joy, like Parramatta was a stadium or a cup and he was a droplet in either, about to be swallowed by her gaping everything. When you love, I think, from the window, it's like your skin's grown legs and walks itself to shiver at her nape. Maybe you are him, hearing the ode to her footsteps. In my memory, he's still telling me he's not a painting, as I sit with opal cards and mismatched stories. He yells at me, but I don't hear him. Does it count if the tree leaves trumpeted her passing? Was the parade he and the gardens threw for her out of pocket? Or did he get a discount for being a love-struck fool with a ghost pinned to his coat? Mm. All right. Um, we just finished reading um, Act 6, act, 5. Act, act 5. It's the shortest act. Yep. Uh, actually, Act 1 is now the shortest because we oh, cut yeah. it down, I think. Uh, 
we have to cut the birthing river part yeah. because we got rid of the reference to that in yeah. act one. Although I really liked it. I think maybe it's something for another piece of writing. Yeah. I do really like the, after all the water is for the living, the like raining down on us, dead mothers and new love. It's kind of related to the ghost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I wonder if there's some way that we can keep it. Is this when we go back? Mm. It's a strange um, question. And that part about the birthing river from act one that we got rid of. Yeah. Do we go through and take that and put it here into this act? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's let's, um, test how good Google Docs is at remembering things. (laughs) I'm going to go back into the version of this document from yesterday. Yeah. And I'm going to see if I can find the part about the birthing river. I once heard that the bend in Parramatta's river was a birthing site for Aboriginal mothers. Mm. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, even that just... just that, I reckon just if we that line. just have that contextual line and we go back and I'm going to insert it into the... Right after the question, remember... Instead of remember the birthing river, if I just cut that and say... I once heard that the bend in Parramatta's river, so I put it there. Yep. So it rained the fifth time I saw them. I once heard that the bend in Parramatta's river was a birthing site for Aboriginal mothers, the banks and streams where they would scream out their quiet fury and focus into new life. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to cut the A. It's not A new life, it's just into new, new life. life. Yeah. And where they would scream out instead of where mothers. So we don't just repeat the word mothers. Yeah. I'm actually a lot happier with this act than I thought I would be. You know, before when I was like, I never read it again. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like oddly surprised that it's like not perfect, but it's pretty, it's a lot more solid than I thought. All right. What else from act five? Um, Do we, this is me getting nitpicky. I'm just going to go to the parts I was unsure about in reading. Yeah. And then if you've got larger notes, tell me. Uh, that the man and woman stood under those dead mothers and found new love or just under those mothers? I think new mothers. New mothers? Yeah. New mothers and found new love. Oh, dude, that's beautiful. That, that wasn't my intention, but sure. Oh, that's gorgeous. I love that. That new mothers and found new love because it's like life brings life instead of death and life. Yeah, I did, was totally gone. Did you that. say new by accident? No, I, I, I did mean to say new, but more so like... Sometimes how, um, I don't know, I forget what it's called, but somehow like it's, uh, oh, something like, like it's when you add words that are like a new mother, like sometimes like by definition, sometimes like for the most part, mothers are already new. Like when you give birth, it's like, oh, uh, um, tautology. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I just, um, <laughs> you look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a word, Kevin. Um, yeah. I think that's a nicer note for it's new mothers found new love. After all, water is for the living because these mothers were alive hundreds of years ago. Yeah. And um, with the history of uh, the way that First Nations people have been treated in this country, I think um, in reference to that and thinking about the place as a birthing site and the fact that it was taken from them, I think the connotation is there enough. Yeah. And I think if we focus on that, like them bringing new life, and how this many years later we can still find new life and new love yeah. is an important point. Um, maybe you are him hearing the ode to her footsteps instead of of her footsteps. I think I read two, not of. And the last one is um, for being a love struck fool with a ghost pinned to his coat. That's how I mo- yeah. imagine the mother was. Because you wear it like a badge and maybe he wears it like a badge. 
I think the only thing I would get rid of is the opal cards bit. As I sit with opal cards and mismatched. Yeah, stories. you're kind of cutting most of the parts where I felt like I I needed to add it because I was trying to set the scene around me. Yeah. But if if we don't need that, I I'm think it takes away. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm happy to cut that then. So it's just in my memory. He's still telling me he's not a painting. Mm. He yells at me, but I don't hear. Him. Yeah. Uh, and then the one that I felt like maybe was a bit cheesy, I guess is the word. Does it count if the tree leaves trumpeted her passing? Was the parade that he in the gardens threw for her out of pocket? Or did he get a discount for being a love shot no, fool like with that. a ghost? No, really? Cool. Okay. Uh, Act 6. Act 6. <laughs> uh, my only note for this one that I left as a comment that you can see is gotta rework this ending and on a brighter note. End up being strangely sad for some reason. Um, let's let's bring it home with Act 6, give me your extra points, and then I reckon we just go straight into reading this out yeah, yeah. and recording it for our lovely listeners. Act 6. On their sixth meeting, his mother was gone, and the empty space hung behind him like the light trails from his mother's stole. Neither of them smoked or vaped or snorted, cut, sucked, tasted, spit, but they crated on that sixth day. From the window, there is still no sound, only the hand against the surface, the glass pulsed outwards like four splayed fingers and crooked thumb reaching out to strangle, but I forget myself. We weren't talking about ghosts, we weren't talking to ghosts, or about them, either way. In the haze on the 5th, 6th? They lurched off the corner street and onto the pavement like brass cymbals. The ground exhales, and through the glass, I finally hear her laugh. I didn't think that was possible. Maybe the glass is the fingernail of an angel. Does that make me the skin growing legs to meet them? I love watching, not to be unseen, you understand. There is nothing romantic about absence. The heart grows moss and camera film when the sun goes away to bargain with the wolf. No, there is no wolf from the window, only hope and something with teeth. Where was I? The sixth? Uh, the, the fifth time the woman looked at me, looked at the man and told him, I love you. Or I'm going to try that line again. Ah, the fifth time the woman looked at the man and told him, I love you. Or it might have been, hey, stuff you. I couldn't tell. And everything was still too quiet. Even their love. In the unseen. Even joy, even joy sounds like goodbye. The story and I are unraveling. So let me start with the end. He loved her. She loved him. And in the spaces where his mother prays and mine forgets to. They found each other. Over a rose. It was Valentine's Day. He handed her plastic and concrete and all the world. And there it was, at long last, the sound. Like the crinkle of the plastic around the rose, bouncing off her teeth, then the laugh. Like all the world came to rest on the corner of George Street and my hand. And I watched from behind the window, reaching out to wave at them, hoping they would turn around just in time to catch my ghost. Mm. Mm. Alright, I want to say something really quickly about this mm. before we get started because there's heaps of stuff I want to change. But my first thought is I reckon we cut this entire part at the start and we just start with the ground exhales. Ooh. Oh, man. 
there is nothing in there that I think adds to the piece other than maybe the, the empty space. His mother was gone. So what I would do, check this out. Um, I would cut all that. I would get rid of, I would um, remove the, his mother was gone. I would put it after the ground exhales. And then the start of this act instead becomes the ground exhales. His mother was gone and the empty space hung behind him like the light trails from his mother's thought. There was a line that I like, but like, you know what? It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. What, was the, what was the line? What was the line? It's about the... It was, it was the line just before about the symbols? Um, you know, control Z. Command Z. It's all falling apart. Uh, uh, the talking yeah. to ghosts. In the haze of the fifth, they lurched off the corner street and onto the pavement like brass symbols. I don't know why I like but No, you know what? No, get rid of it. Yeah, I think it's a poet thing. It's a poem thing, but yeah. it's not for this. Redo. Redo. How do I redo is... Command Y? Uh, shift Command Z. Um, so... Are you, are you happy with... Do you know what a stole is? A stole? No. It's like, a, you it's like a piece heart. of clothing. Oh, Kevin. Yeah. You stole my heart. Um, no, it's a, it's a piece of clothing, like a, like a shawl or, or something. I just didn't want to say shawl again or coat. Yeah. I wanted to have something new. And the like stealing light trails, yeah. the double okay. meaning there, I really like. Uh, there's heaps I just want to cut on this, but okay. I... I'll say this, see how the, the line where you said, um, you, you, you read it? Yeah. Um, did you get rid of it? No, where is it? Uh, uh the fifth time the woman oh, yeah, looked at me. Yeah, when you said, I liked it when you, when you messed up, because it, it was almost like this, the observer was losing himself in the story. <sighs> oh yeah, that's a good idea. It's like, and you literally, like, in the recording, like, you stopped, you stopped, uh, and like you said, there was something yeah. about it that I really liked. Can we play with that then? Can yeah. we say, oh, the fifth time the woman looked at me and told me I love you, <laughs> or it might have been to them, like, there's something about their... He loses himself for a second. Yeah. And yeah. it's not him falling in love with the woman. No, no. It's him being so invested in yeah. the story. He's like, I am these characters. Yeah. Okay. That's good to add in the last act. So do we say... Okay, wait. I'm just going to go through this line by line. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's stuff that we... Through the glass, I finally hear her laugh. Uh, I want... Keep... Yeah. Keep cut. Uh, do we, do, was there a line? Is there another axiom about finally hearing her laugh? Yeah. No, no. In the previous act. There's, there was a line about being able to hear sound coming through the window for the first time. Yeah, sure so the first out. time from around the corner, we yeah, hear the Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is this then instead... Um, at the end, when you edit long pieces, it just becomes like making sure you remember what you said. Yeah. Uh, is it... I, it's either we get rid of it or I hear her laugh again. Um, okay, behind him, like the light trails from his mother's stole, I hear her laugh again. Uh, through the glass, I hear her laugh again. Through the glass, I hear oh, her... Or through the glass, again through the glass... I don't know, you, you, you worked that out. Again from the window, I hear her laugh. Because we... Do we want to do the whole tip your hat to the name of the thing in it? I don't think so. I the, think then I think we just say through the glass, glass I hear her laugh, laugh again. again. Yeah. Uh, the part about the fingernail of an angel, I'm skin growing legs, I... Love watching, not to be unseen. There's lots in that I want to cut. Yeah. Uh, I almost started laughing as I was reading this because the whole part about like, you even, I don't know if you looked at me when I was reading it. I kind of just threw my hands up. It's like, I don't know what the hell I'm saying, where I just said, the heart grows moss and camera film when the yeah, sun goes away to like, bargain with the wolf. That's, that's, that's really interesting image. I was like, 
Okay. But I don't know what it means. Yeah. Uh, beautiful writing, but I think... Tell me if I'm too harsh. I mean, get rid of it. I'm saying cut oh, it. Yeah, get rid of it. I'm saying cut all of it. Yeah, do it. All right. Uh, oh. I, oh, there is a problem, though. Yeah? No, there is no wolf from the window. Only hope and something with teeth. I like the, um, the malice and the foreshadowing in that line. Mm. I, I like that idea... Um, there's some there's a poem uh, if Tony if you're listening to this you know exactly what I'm talking about Tony who I work with at the Story Factory there's a poem where you kind of you be vague and specific in the same line mm. and then it kind of helps people fill in the, the um, blanks Yeah. so if I say um, you're here alone in a room and something comes hunting for you mm. something with teeth Mm. So the teeth is specific, but the something is vague yeah. and it kind of helps you create your own image. And that's yeah. what I was going for here. There is no wolf outside the window, only hope and something with teeth. Uh, again, I like it as a line, but then without the context. Yeah. Well, I, I think we need to get rid yeah. of it then. All right. We're narrowing down an ending. Um, I think for the beats of this, because mm. we were talking about beats in the class you and I were running mm. earlier today. Do we want to go... We've got the beat of like the mother not being there anymore. Mm. And then I think the next beat is the thing about he, he, the character, the observer almost says she loves me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I want to get rid of the where was I, the sixth. Through the glass, I hear her laugh again. Is this the sixth time or the fifth time? This is the sixth time. Is that an actual question you're asking me? I'm sort of thinking out loud. Because uh. uh, in act... Five, it's the fifth time. Yeah. This is act six. Okay, this is sure. the sixth time sixth we time, see yeah. her. Through the glass, I hear her laugh again. It is the sixth time. Yeah. And that could mean the sixth time we hear her laugh or the sixth yeah. time. Okay. I'm going to go. It is the sixth time. Uh, the sixth time the woman looked at me and said, I love you. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Looked at me and said, I love you. What, how do we feel about the or it might have been a stuff you <laughs> okay I'm gonna cut the hey stuff you part I think we go ah the sixth time the woman looked at me and said I love you wait no to the man oh, in the unseen even joy sounds like goodbye mm. Mm. And, and then we go, the story and I are unraveling. So let me start with the end. He loved her, she loved him. And in the spaces where his mother prays and mine forgets to, they found each other. Do we, How do we feel about the inserting the mother thing back in there? Could we just say he loved her, she loved him. They found each other over a rose. I think so. Okay. Bye, mum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was Valentine's Day. He handed her plastic and concrete in all the world. Yep. And there it was at long last. The sound, the final sound, the last sound, just the sound. I don't know what to do here. The final sound. The final sound, like the crinkle of the plastic around the rose. I kind of, I already said plastic and rose so close to this that I don't know how I felt about saying it again. Mm. Bouncing off her teeth. What if I just said the final sound, like all the world came to rest on the corner of George Street and my hand. I don't know about the hand part either. No, I think plastic and rose, right? Because um, I, I like the, that image of the sound of the crinkle of the plastic around the rose. Can we get rid of, can we just say he loved her, she loved him? 
they found each other. Ooh, they found each or other. Or could you go? Through, oh, sorry, go. Ahead. Sorry for interrupting. Could yeah. we say he loved her, she loved him? It was Valentine's Day. They found each other and all the world. Yeah, sure. It's very cheesy, but this is a love story, and you're allowed a little bit of cheese. Absolutely. Uh, and do that, and then that. She loved him. It was Valentine's Day. They found each other. And all the world, and there it was, at long last, the final sound. Yep. The crinkle of plastic around a rose. Around a rose? Their rose. Have we mentioned the rose before? Uh, Once before earlier, much earlier in the piece. I think it still works fine. Because it's in act one. Yeah. Uh, Bouncing off her teeth? Yeah. I like yeah? That. Yeah. Okay. I think Richard would really like that line. I have no idea what it means, but I like it. It's like sound. Because you know when you smile and you see someone's teeth, I kind of imagine that like, you know, it echoes off oh, of it. Oh, okay. Um, oh, then, then it should be bouncing from the teeth? Oh, maybe. Like the crinkle of the plastic around the rose bouncing from her teeth. Uh, like off. Like ah. it comes from deep inside her and it like gets projected out through her mouth. Okay. I, that's also the image I'm going with. But I feel like from... Uh, depicts that better um, I think the off of is like an echo so the laugh is continuing mm. so if it's the teeth projecting it happens once but if it bounces off of it it's like you oh, say a word and it bounces yeah, off yeah. okay blind you convince me <laughs> cool like all the world came to rest on the corner of George Street and my hand on the glass and I watched from the window can I add on the glass there and I watched from the window, reaching out to wave at them, hoping they were turned around just in time to catch my ghost. Um, if you're adding my hand on the glass, just you could just then I think you can get rid of window, right? Because I think like by this time, I think we know that when you mention glass, you're implying the window anyway. Okay. And so getting rid of the and I watched. No, I think. Um, or just from behind the window. I think from behind the window. Yeah. And I watched reaching out to wave. Yeah. yeah. And I watched. Could I say it? And I watched them reaching out to wave. No, no, because no, then no, it's like, yeah. and I watched reaching, reaching out. out to wave at them, hoping they would turn. Do we say turn just in time or turn around just in time? They would turn around. Yeah, get rid of just. So t- turn around in time. Oh, I w- no, I meant turn, oh. turn just in time or turn around just in time, not turn around in time. Because I'm thinking about the way I speak. I would use the word okay. just either way. Turn around. Turn around in time, just or around just in time. The way I would say either hoping they would turn around just in time or hoping they would turn just in time to catch my ghost. Oh yeah, turn just in time. Okay, yeah. So we're getting rid of around. Um, we've got one bar. Okay, let's read it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, We're working off one mic right now. Come, Kev, come. I've got one more question for you. Yeah. Am I reading Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, or am I just going through? I think just go through. Okay, yeah. just go through. Yeah. Good luck. Thank you. Here's, here's where we started. Is this the, now this is the intro to the podcast.